amen, reach over. And I want you to put your hand on your neighbor if it's appropriate. Amen. Or take them by the hand. I want you to pray. God, I, I release greater things in their life right now. I release greater things in their life. God, help me be prepared for what you're about to speak into my life today. Hallelujah. God, I release greater things into their life right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, strongholds are coming down. Foundations are shaking. Hallelujah. Things that don't need to be there, I got to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it right now. Why don't you just press just a little bit harder? Come on, pray for them in the Holy Ghost. Right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I lose greater things in their life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what weapon has been formed. No weapon formed against them is going to prosper. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you like what you feel right now? Amen. Anybody like what you feel right now? Hallelujah. Amen. As God moves in among us, our whole perspective can change today. Amen. God is so good. Amen. Our teenagers, they were at a youth convention this weekend. Normally I have them testify. I'm not doing that today. I'm going to let their worship testify and their their prayer testify. Amen. They are fired up and ready to go, and uh, we're thankful for uh, the preaching and the teaching and what they received this weekend. Amen. So thankful for each and every one of you that are here today. Uh, some of you that you heard there was might be freezing rain or bad temperatures, most of you would have just gotten up and gone to work anyways, so I'm thankful that you got up and just came to church anyways. Amen. Give yourselves a hand. Amen. And for those that are not able to be with us today, that are watching us online, amen, we welcome you as well. I understand when you are sick with the flu, uh, we would rather you watch us online. Amen. I'm not trying to be mean. That's just how it is. Just being serious right now. Amen. How many of you are thankful for what God is doing? Amen. There is no telling, amen, what we are going to experience just the next uh, few months to the, 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 this year is going to be incredible. I, I just, I, I don't know how to explain what I feel, but it's going to be awesome, amen. amen. I'm going to let you be seated. If you don't know already, I'm Pastor AJ, amen, I am the lead pastor here at the Crossroads, and uh, we are glad that you are here, and I know sickness and weather have kept a few people from being able to be with us today. Uh, but I'm glad that you are here with us. And I, I've got to just kind of preface what I'm about to say. Many of you uh, heard last Sunday when I read Haggai chapter 2 and verse 9. And I'm going to kind of use that as my starting point today. But uh, before I do that, I, I just I need to explain, all right? 
I want to make sure that everybody is on the same page. So many of you, you're sitting in the sanctuary today, and you look around and you say, man, looks nice in here. I'm uh, glad to be in the sanctuary. Uh, For those of you that do not know, uh, we had some major issues with our trusses uh, that were in the sanctuary, and we found out in October of 2017, and in December of 2017, we were kicked out of our sanctuary. Uh, told we couldn't meet. Most of you remember we had to have our Christmas service at the community center here in Radcliffe, and uh, it was just awkward. I mean, it just was not easy. It was inconvenient, and uh, so we went to God and, and just tried to get direction, and uh, we put shoring up down the middle of the sanctuary, and we had uh, wood, like literally straight down the middle of the sanctuary. And many of you remember that all year last year until October, uh, and then in October we moved out and uh, we were doing split services, some here in the Fellowship Hall, some in our other campus in Southwest Louisville and Valley Station. And uh, it, was, it, it was not easy, but we, we fasted and prayed at the very beginning of the year. Many of you remember this. We fasted and prayed. And during that time, uh, I felt like God did some things. I felt like God broke some things. And then on a fast uh, that I was doing later uh, in the year, I felt like God gave me uh, our direction for the next few years. And and that direction was simply uh, this, this word that you're going to see a lot, greater. Greater. And, and the scripture that God gave me was the scripture that I read last week, which uh, was Haggai chapter 2 and verse 9. The, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. And, and I, I love that scripture. It's such a, a wonderful promise, such a great uh, promise, and I felt like God was giving me that promise. So before I get into where I'm going today, let me just say this. For those of you that are here, um, and for those of you that are watching online, and for those of you who will listen or watch the archive later, let me be very clear. This message that I'm preaching today, if I've ever heard from God, I've heard from God. I don't say that very often. Many of you know that. But I feel like what I'm going to deliver today uh, is a challenge. It's a challenge from God to us. And uh, I do believe this is a tipping point for this church. I believe that this message right here, I know I'm not not to put any pressure on you. The pressure is all on all of us. But I believe that this message here is the tipping point. And if we receive it, if we accept the challenge and we move forward, we will be blessed. I, I believe that more than anything that I have ever believed in my life. I, I, I don't know how to explain uh, the, the coincidences and the things that have gone into uh, making this uh, today what it is, but I, I started to study when God gave this to me. I started thinking about, you know, that's a great scripture. and The scripture of, of, of how uh, the glory of the latter house would be greater than of the former. And a lot of times we, you know, we're like, oh, yes, you know, we were able to make a few things nicer in our sanctuary than before. And so some people are thinking, you know, maybe that's what pastor's talking about. It's going to be so much nicer. You know, our, our musicians are going to have in-ear monitors, and so uh, we'll be able to balance our sound better. We're going to have better lighting, so whenever people are watching us online, they won't see a bunch of shadowy faces on the platform. And, and, and some people are thinking, man, and I really like, uh, you know, sitting in the new chairs. The, the, this awesome sanctuary that we have now is better than the one that we had before. But that's not what the Scripture's talking about. 
And so as I begin to read and study, Haggai is only two, it's really only two chapters. I mean, it's like one of the smallest books in the Bible. And it's packed full with some uh, very interesting stuff. So I'm going to try to give to you what I feel like God gave to me, okay? So if you have your Bibles, you will probably want to be open to Haggai. If you have a tablet or a phone, you will probably want to be open to Haggai. We're going to read uh, several verses, and this is, this is the main point today. When God challenges you to greatness, you step into that challenge. That's it. That's my main point, okay? All right, so now there's no mystery. Now we know where we're going. So let's look at Haggai chapter 1, and let's read this together. Uh, let's start with, we'll just start with verse 1. It, there's a lot of, you know, interesting names here. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai, the prophet, unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shiltel, Shiltiel, uh, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, saying... And this is where it begins. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, this is what they say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. That's what they said. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, ye clothe you. But there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Now, I'm going to skip verse 8. We're going to come back to that. Let's go to verse 9. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. Therefore... The heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon uh, that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. This is very disturbing, right? What is God saying? This is the tension that we find in this first chapter of Haggai, they were preoccupied by by opposition and by apathy. They had had opposition to building uh, what was known as Zerubbabel's temple or rebuilding the temple for the Lord. They were uh, facing opposition and so because they had faced opposition, they just decided we don't need to do this. Let's just, let's just chill. We're we're not going to, we're not going to worry about this for now. And then whenever the opposition uh, dissipated, they still were met with apathy and they did not want to do what they knew they were supposed to do. And, and so what they were doing is they were putting their needs and their wants over God's desires for them. They were putting their needs and their wants over what God had desired for them. 
And I want you to notice this. It's very, very powerful. God was against them. Somebody tell your neighbor, say, God was against them. And I know some of you are thinking, ah, Pastor, this is the Old Testament. This doesn't even apply to us. You wait. You wait. If it ever has applied, it applies right now to our generation. God was against them. God was literally punishing them for their selfishness. Read it. I mean, it's so plain. It's, it's like he says, you, you know, you're saying it's not time for us to do this. It's not time for us to put God's needs above our own. It's not time for us to put God's desires for us above our own wants and our own needs. And God said, this is what he said, consider your ways. You say it's not time. He said, now consider your ways. Consider where you're at. He said, you sowed much, but you didn't get anything in return. You got little. He said, you drink and, or you eat, but you, you're never nourished. You're never satisfied. You, you drink stuff, but you're, you're still thirsty. And he said, you know, you, you clothe yourself. You go out and get the nicest stuff and put it on you. He said, but nobody's warm. And he said, you go out and you get these great jobs and you're making good money. And he says, but you put it into a bag with holes. Consider your ways. And then he says, you looked for much and and it came to little. You thought, hey, finally I've got something. And it just like sand slipped through your fingers. He says, you know, you you thought that what you were going to put in barns and store up and, and have for later, he said, I did blow upon it or I made it to wither. I made it to come to naught because of mine house that is waste for you run every man unto his own house. What is God saying? He's saying you cared more about your stuff than you did about my stuff. I'm telling you, this is, I know it's, it's going to be a little tight, and some of you are going to think I've lost my mind. That's all right. I, 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 just stay with me, okay? Don't, don't give up on me yet. God was punishing them for their selfishness, but this is the instruction that we find in verse 8. He says, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. That's the instruction. He said, go up to the mountain, bring wood, Build the house. That's what we do. Go up to the mountain, right? Bring wood, build the house. That's our job. Go up to the mountain, bring wood, build the house. Now, this is what he says he will do. And I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified in it. Now, stay with me. What is he saying here? Some of you... When we start talking about building a house, and we're building the house, and some of you know we've just got through construction here, so you're thinking I'm talking about the church building. We we got to focus on the church building. No, no, no. Hear me, hear me very plainly. I'm not talking about the church building. I'm talking about you building a house for the Lord. He said, you go up to the mountain, you get the wood, you build the house. And he said, if you'll build the house for me, if you'll make me your top priority, if you'll put my desires for you above your desires for you, if you, come on, somebody, if you'll take the spiritual things that I have for you and you'll put those as your highest priority, I'll take pleasure in it. I will be glorified in it. Amen. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. He said, if you'll put my desire for you above your desire for you, I will take pleasure in it. 
That would make me happy. And not only will it make me happy, he says, I will get the glory from that. Amen. And so uh, we see their response in verse 12 here. It says, Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, all of them. Now listen, this is what they did. They obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. Obedience, it's better than sacrifice. Obedience, there's no greater honor than to obey. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my words or obey what I have said. Amen. Jesus is very plain uh, in the New Testament, but even here in the Old Testament, this is what happened. They obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. Now, we could stop there and just, yeah, that's good. But let's go a little further and make you uncomfortable. And the words of Haggai the prophet. Okay, now I'm going to, this is going to stretch you. As the Lord their God had sent him, and the people did fear before the Lord. There's going to be many of you that hear this today. And there's going to be those that watch online and those that watch the archive or listen to the archive later. And they're going to say, oh, that's great. That's great. Pastor Dummett is talking about stuff and he is, you know, he is fired up about it and he's like, you know, tipping point is going to change everything and yeah, 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 and I've heard all this before and, and you are not going to be blessed and God is going to be against you and God has sent me here today to tell you if you listen to the words that he has sent you, look, look, look what he says, he says, They accepted, they obeyed the voice of the Lord and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. They obeyed as the Lord their God had sent Haggai to give them a word. They didn't say, oh, this is just Haggai's words. Oh, this is just pastor's words. They said, oh, this is the word of the Lord for my life. This is the word of the Lord for my community. This is the word of the Lord for my family. Don't discount his word today because it's really kind of up to you. It's how serious are you going to take this? How, how, how much do you want to step up to the challenge or are you going to try to avoid it and say, well, you know, pastor's just a man and he makes mistakes and, you know, he's not perfect either. And so that, that gives me the opt out here. I'm sure Haggai wasn't perfect either. I'm sure Haggai had made some mistakes too, but when the people recognize, oh yeah, we've been putting God's things on hold for what we wanted, and they understood the word that Haggai was saying, they said, oh wait a second, these aren't just Haggai's words, these are the words of God for us. And they accepted as a word sent from God. Now, I want you to notice, when they did that, okay, when they not only obeyed the voice of the Lord as the man of God had been sent to them, but when they did this, this is what happened. Look at verse number 13. It says, then, everybody say then. Then. Not before. Not before. Some of you wonder why your life is so chaotic, because it doesn't happen before. Then, when they obeyed, then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, in the Lord's, the Lord's message unto the people, saying, this is what he said, now he's saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. 
Before the obedience, he was not with them. He was against them. He was, he was messing up their crops. He was making their wages not go as far. He was making sure the food didn't satisfy them. Hello? Amen? And so what he did is he said, look, this is what I want you to do. And when they obeyed, then he said, I am with you. Oh, come on. You got to get this today. If you hear the voice of the Lord and he's speaking to you and he's saying, you've been putting your things above my things. And if you'll just turn it around today, if you'll start putting my things above your things, if you'll come on somebody, if you'll put my desires for you above your desires for you, I will be with you. Amen. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. And the spirit of Joshua and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and they did the work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, the spirit of the Lord. Amen. God was stirring up their spirits. God is stirring up your spirit in the house today. Amen. That's why you are listening to this. That's why you are hearing this. Because God has a word for you. And it's not just a general word. It is a specific word for your life. Amen. And He's stirring your spirit. Only you know how you're putting your desires above His desires. Only you know how you've put Jesus to be second place in your life. And He's stirring your spirit. So I challenge you today to rise up and do the work. I challenge you to rise up today and answer the challenge. He's stirring your spirit today. Amen. And then we move to chapter two. And I know some of you are like, man, pastor, you're preaching chapters today. Yes, I am. We're going to preach a whole book before we're done. Verse one in the seventh month, the the one and 20th day of the month. This is like, look, look, this is like within weeks. If you look at the timeline, I'm not going to try to lay it out. I I try not to be too nerdy on you today. But if you lay it out, it's like three weeks from when they heard it to when they were in full response mode to God. I I, Oh, that God would give us a three-week turnaround. Oh, that God would set this church on fire in three weeks. Oh, that God would take us, amen, and say, I am with you now. Now I am with you. Now I'm going to bless your family. Now I'm going to save your unsaved friends and loved ones. Now I'm, come on somebody, I'm going to bless you like you've never been blessed before. I'm going to do it now because you obeyed the voice. Hallelujah. And so God... Stirs him again, the Lord stirs him, says, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Now, I want you to get this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to not linger on this point because it's very powerful, but verse 3, he says, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? <laughs> what is he talking about? They're rebuilding the temple. They had to rebuild it from something, right? What did they have to rebuild it from? It was Solomon's temple. How many of you know that? You knew that. You didn't know that? Okay, good. You learned something new today. If you don't get anything else out of the service, you got something. The first temple was Solomon's temple. Remember, David wanted to build God a house. God said, no, David, you're a man of war, but your son can build it. 
So he went about, man, I'm telling you, he got the nicest things that you could find. He got all the best uh, cedar. He got all the best gold and all the best silver and all the best stones and uh, the artisans to to cr- uh, craft and to engrave and to do all this specialty work. And he had it lined up and Solomon walks up and he steps into the providence of God to build this magnificent house, this fabulous, amen, temple for God. And so what is God saying here? He's asking them, he said, who among you remembers Solomon's temple? Some of you are are looking and you're remembering how it used to be. Oh, God, help me. Remembering how it used to be. You know, it's kind of funny how our mind works. We always think things in the past were better than they actually were. I'm just going to say it like it is. We think, man, I'm telling you, I, I remember some things, and I remember thinking, oh, man, that was just, that was the time of my life. I went back to see my childhood home a few years ago, and it's tiny. Oh, my word, I thought it was huge. It's tiny. And I'm thinking, how did we live in there? And we didn't even have air conditioning. We didn't have central air. We'd open the windows and put the fans in there at night. Come on now. That was, that was air conditioned, you know. I was telling my kids about that. I said, wait, we had air conditioning. Yeah, it was called cool, air, cool night air coming in. From the window, fans sucking it in, blowing it through the house, you know. But, but I got to thinking about that. We get this, these things in our mind that the, the past is so much better. And, and God is saying to them, he said, who's left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And he says, and how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Oh, God. Oh, I am so sick of comparisons to the past. I, I'm telling you, I have had it up to here with people who say, you know, we're never going to see a move of God like we saw. We're, you know, Azusa Street and this and that revival and that. And when we first started coming to this church and blah, blah, blah. And they just go on and on and on. And we start thinking about how it used to be. God says, who is left among you that saw this house in its first? Do you, how do you see it now? Now you're saying, oh, well, you know, that, this is nice, but that, man, that was so awesome. He said, you're looking at what you have now as though it is nothing. But this is what he says. Be strong. Yet now, be strong. Zerubbabel, be strong, Joshua. Be strong, all the people, and work. Yes, I love it because I'm a workaholic. (laughs) He said, be strong and work and I am with you. Oh, man, I I, I just 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 kind of let this play out in your in your mind here. He's he's first. He said, "Okay, so you're saying the past was better. Quit. Just stop right now. Be strong. (laughs) Work for I am with you. Now he goes on just a little further, and he says, according to the word. Now, when, when you hear God speaking about a word he has already spoken, it gets even more powerful. He says, according to the word that I covenanted, I was in promise, I made a deal with you. When, we, when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Fear ye not. I remember Moses saying that. 
don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He, what he's saying is he, he's saying, remember how powerful I was when I brought you up out of the land of Egypt? I'm with you like that now. He said, you think that the, the, the past was so much greater? He said, I haven't changed. I'm still the same as I was. Come on, when you got the Holy Ghost, I'm still the same God I was. When you Come on, when you got healed, I'm still the same God I was at that early revival that you went to and your life was changed. I'm still the same God that was at Azusa Street. I'm still the same God. Come on, somebody that's turning your family around. He said, I'm doing it because I made a promise to you. I covenanted with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Don't be afraid. And he keeps repeating this. Fear not. Be strong. I am with you. Can I just, let let me just give you, here's, here's your tweetable line. You ready? Here's your tweetable line. When God's purposes are our highest priority, he is with us. When, when we say, God, whatever you want, that is the number one thing in my life. That's my number one concern. That's what I'm going to eat, sleep, drink, and breathe. God says, and I'm with you. Oh, you care about, you care about the things that I care about? You're making my passion your passion? You're, you're concerned with the fellowship of my suffering and you want to walk in my power? Okay, I am with you. Oh, I'm not just with you, you know, in a 2019 sort of way. I'm with you like I was with Daniel in the lion's den. I'm with you, come on, like I was with Peter on the day of Pentecost. I'm with you, come on, somebody. When Paul stepped out of prison, I'm with you. I'm with you. Just like I was with them, I'm with you. Just like I delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, I am with you. What does that say to us? And I'm, I'm almost there. I'm, you can see I'm getting, I'm winding down. What does that mean for us? Well, it means we need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost. It means if it's been a while since you spoke in tongues, you need to speak in tongues again. If, if you've allowed the Spirit of God to be in you, but not really change anything about you, it's time to stir up the gift. Why? Because he said, I'm still with you. I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> you you want to see my power at work? Oh, just know that I am with you. If you're, if you're going to put me first, and you're going to put the things that I want for your life. I'm with you. I'm with you. I haven't changed. I'm still healing. I'm still delivering. I'm still setting free. The problem with most of us is we get too distracted by the things of life. We get too distracted by the cares of life. And we forget that he's still as powerful now as he was then. And that he's still with us. So he reminded them, and he said, I am with you. And he said, thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, it's not going to be long. He said, and I'm going to shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. Foundations are shaking, and every curse is breaking. Why is that so powerful? Because when he is with me and things are shaking, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. 
Amen. The power of God is getting ready to be revealed. If you look around this earth, you will find out there are more earthquakes taking place every day than used to take place in a year. The whole earth is shaking because of the power and the glory of God that is getting ready to be revealed. You better get ready for what God wants to do because he said, I already promised you. I am with you. I am not going to leave you. Don't be afraid. I'm going to shake the heavens. My glory is going to be revealed. Amen. And in verse 7, he says, and I will shake all nations. I like that because I'm missions minded. I'm going to shake all the nations and the desire of all nations shall come. And I, he says, will fill this house with glory. You're worried about how things used to be in the past and we can never get back to that. And man, we just, people don't pray like they, you know, used to pray and people don't fast like they used to fast. And we, we just don't have the same kind of preaching that we used to have. And, you know, pastor and him, he's getting all this, you know, modern technology and I just want to have church. And, you know, we, come on now, let's just be honest. We, we all deal with these things and the devil tries to plant seeds and thoughts in our mind. And, and, and so what we start worrying about is all the stuff being better in the past and God saying no I'm gonna I'm gonna fill this house I want to fill this house oh, don't, did you forget I am with you don't be afraid and he said I am going it's not going to be very long and I'm gonna fill this house with glory <laughs> now we we have come to probably you know one of the most controversial verses most out of context used verses verse 8 Have you ever heard somebody quote this? The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. You know, and a lot of people use this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to tell you how it's used out of context. Then I'm going to explain it to you. What a lot of people say, God has all the gold and he has all the silver. And so, you know, he's just going to bless you. He's just going to pour it out. That's what he wants to do. You know what he's actually saying? There was all kinds of silver and gold in Solomon's temple. And all the people were worried. We don't have that kind of money anymore. We've been in captivity. We just got out of captivity. We're, there is no way we're making this, this temple, this church, as nice as it used to be. And God said, quit focusing on all that. He said, I want to put greater into this house. I, I want to do more in this house than was ever done in that house. And what he was trying to tell them is, if you'll put me first, if you'll put my desires in your life as number one priority, he said, I will fill this house with glory. Well, some of you, it's been a while, but God's not left you. You, you've been out of commission. You've been, let, let, let me just be honest. You've been putting your things and the things that you wanted. You've been, you've been kind of sidetracking the things of God and putting those things on hold. And I don't have time for this. And you know, I just don't have the money to give. And I just can't be a part of that. And you don't know, Pastor, but I'm really going through a hard time. And, and I do. And I'm not making light of that. I'm telling you why it's happened. In the fear of God today, I'm telling you it's your own fault. I'm telling you that it's very simple. You haven't put the things of God first. And he said, seek first. He, he said, make sure that I'm number one. Don't have any other gods, big G's or little G's before me. And because we got those things out of place, he said, 
Your food didn't satisfy. You put your money into a bag with holes. Nothing seemed to pan out. You thought you were going to have a lot and you have a little. He said, I've done all this to get you to the place where you'll start putting me first again. You'll start putting your spiritual house and the things that I desire for you, you'll put those first in your life. And he says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. He's saying, it's all mine. All of Solomon's house, mine. All this house, mine. Each and every one of us. Oh, no, no, no. My body's my own. Uh Uh-uh. You are a living sacrifice. (laughs) You're supposed to lay yourself on the altar, so to speak, and say, God... It's not my will, but your will. It's not what I want, but it's what you want. Amen. He's giving us an opportunity for greater in our lives. He's saying, I'm going to do some incredible things. And don't worry about what you do have or you don't have. All of it's mine anyways. I'll give you what I want you to have. You seek me and my kingdom first, and all these things will be added unto you. And so we come to verse 9. Now it makes a whole lot more sense. You know, it's one thing to just, you know, know a verse is good, but then to really study it and put it in context. Now let's really read this verse. The glory, he says, of the latter house. This latter house is going to be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. What is he saying Is he saying it's going to be a greater temple than Solomon's temple? No. He was saying, I'm going to let my power and my presence be in this house more than in that house. Okay, now you're, I think the light bulb, I start seeing a few light bulbs coming now. What is he saying? What does that mean to us? Some of you remember what it was like when you received the Holy Ghost. Some of you remember what it was like the first time you felt the presence of God and you thought, this is awesome. This is incredible. And he said, you keep going back to that thinking that's the best. He said, I've got greater. You, you keep looking back at the a past and he said, I'm going to put even greater power, even greater anointing, even greater glory. Amen. My power is going to show up and I'm going to show you greater healing than ever before. I'm going to show you greater deliverance than ever before. I'm going to show greater miracles than ever before. This latter house is going to have greater glory than the former. It's going to be better than when you first got the Holy Ghost. It's going to be better than when you first felt the presence of God. It's going to be better. He said, I've got greater. I've got greater. I'm going to do greater. And it starts today. Look at your neighbor and say, it starts today. Verse 18 of chapter 2. Consider now from this day and upward... From the four and twentieth day and the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Now some people think that meant actually whenever the first foundation was laid. That's not what it meant. If you read through and you, you kind of sift through and find out what's going on here, he's saying, from the time that you decided to clear all the rubbish off of the original foundation. Oh, <laughs> man, that's good. I don't care if you like it, I love it. He said, from the day you decided 
you were going to clear away all the junk and all the rubbish, and you were going to get back down to what really mattered and put my desires in your life and my desires for your family as your top priority. He said, from this day and upward, from here on out. And then he, then he goes on and he says in verse 19, is the seed yet in the barn? Yea, as yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree hath not brought forth from this day, I will bless you. He's saying, you know, today is the day. It's going to happen. And you're worried about it because you're thinking, I haven't really sowed and I haven't really done what I was supposed to spiritually. I haven't been who I was supposed to be spiritually. I, I've, I've really let God down here and He's been against me and pastor's, pastor's right, this is a word from God for me and I know, I know that I'm not where I need to be. But He said, from this day on, this is the day it starts. This is the day. So I've got good news for everybody that's here today. He said one more time, he said, I will shake, verse 21, I will shake the heavens and the earth. He is promising he is going to give you the victory. You might not see it right away. It might not happen this afternoon, or it might not happen tomorrow. Even by next week, you might be like, you know, I'm still waiting on God to, to work this out. God said, if you'll put me first, if you'll put my desires for you above your desires for you, he said it's going to be from this day, from the day that you decide from the day you start clearing the rubble from the day you put me first amen i will bless you so today this is this is it when god gives you a chance for greater you take it i can't tell you what to do i can't tell this church what to do i can tell you with with everything in my heart i can tell you that i believe that god has sent me with this message for us i i wish there were more people that were here i wish there were more people here to hear it i i hope that they'll hear it in the in the uh the archive or in the audio i i hope that more people will hear this why because i believe it's very important it's a it's a tipping point message so to speak for this church and if you in your life will apply what you have heard today and you'll say, God, I accept the challenge. I accept the challenge. And some of you are saying, well, what does that mean, Pastor? What would it mean for me to accept the challenge? You've got to start clearing away the rubbish. You've got to start saying, okay, I've let work and I've let career and I've let school and I've let friends and I've let family and I've let hobbies be more important than the things of God and spiritual things in my life. I've got time to watch TV and movies, but I don't have time to, to read and study the Word of God and pray. I, I've got time to go hang out with my worldly friends that uh, they're just trying to influence me to do the wrong things, but I don't have time to go to a small group and be around people who are trying to encourage me to do right things. Hello? Anybody know what I'm talking about? That, that's what, I, and, and sometimes we make excuses. Well, I can't, I can't do the things of God because, and what he's saying is when you stop making excuses and you make up your mind, he said, I'm with you. When, when you decide there's nothing that's going to stop me, I'm going to get this done and God is with me. He said, I, I'm going to, I'm going to help you. Don't be afraid. Some of you are making decisions today. And the decision you're making today is, do I keep lollygagging around? And kind of coming to church and going whenever I want to. Do I, you know, maybe I give a little bit here to the church or give a little bit of my time or my, my money to the church. But 
I'm not really all in. And, and you know, if I were to really be honest, if my job examined me the way that God is examining me, my job would fire me. Because I'm really, you know, I'm kind of a part-time Christian, not really a full-time Christian. I know it's not comfortable, and I'm not trying to be mean or rude. This is, this is not me being mean, okay? Believe it or not, this is me challenging you to be blessed. I can't do it for you. I can't live for God for you. We've tried to make this place as accommodating as possible to help you and encourage you and inspire you to make the right decision on this. But this is your decision. He said, I want to make the glory of this house better than what you've ever seen. Greater than anything you have ever experienced. And there's some of you today that you're going to make the decision. You're going to step out of your seat and come down to this altar. And you're going to say, God, I'm clearing away all the junk. I'm getting everything out of my life. The relationships that don't need to be there anymore, they're gone. Amen. The, the, the things that are holding me back from really pleasing you, the things I know are not pleasing to you, they're gone today. I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of And And this is what I want you to do before you leave here today. I want you to make up in your mind one thing. What is one thing, one major thing that you could change this week? that would show God, God, I'm putting you first now. It's really quiet. Some of you are thinking. Some of you are preaching to yourself. What's one thing? And I want you to think about that. Now, God will give you strength. He said, be strong. And work. It's not going to be easy. But I am with you. Would you stand with me? God, in this house, I've done my best to deliver what I felt so pressing for this church and for the people that are here today and listening or watching. I pray, God, that you would let this message hit the mark that it's supposed to. Lord, I'm not in a foul spirit right now. I'm not angry. I'm not frustrated. I'm not ready to throw my hands up and quit. There's nothing going on like that, God, and you know that. But let these people know that this was for their benefit that we've got to sell out. We've got to put your desires first and that you will do greater in our lives than we have ever seen. And God, I pray that you'd open up the hearts and minds of each and every person here in this place and that we would respond to you today. In Jesus' name, this altar's open. I'm gonna let you choose to respond however you wanna respond, but I would challenge you today, don't leave here without doing something with what you've just heard. Start clearing away the rubbish. Start, Start letting God speak into your life again.